Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on Luke 12:49. As you listen, see if you can answer some of these questions. The questions 1. Where do we find ourselves in this biblical scenario of strife? 2. Describe the vineyard of God and what prompted God to tear it down. And three, what about us has gone wild? The proclamation of the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I come to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It's going to rain. And so it happens. When you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Today's scriptures tell a strange tale of acceptance and rejection, care and neglect, victory and failure. They paint a conflicting picture of hope and despair, love and animosity, tender care and seeming utter rejection. Libby read from the Song of Isaiah. There we heard of God's tender care for his people, but we also heard of God's rejection of them. In the book of Hebrew, Marcel read from a list of faithful saints of old who remained steadfast, true, and devoted to God throughout their lives. And as a reward for their faithfulness, they suffered rejection 
imprisonment, torture, and death. In Luke's gospel, Father Bob read Jesus' words of casting fire upon the earth, how Jesus had come not to bring peace to the world, but division. Two members of one family would be divided against other members of the family. Blessings, cursings, peace and strife, acceptance, rejection, victory and defeat. A confusing montage of disparate fragments that make up a life lived in God. In this story, where do we find ourselves as we attempt to follow in the way of Jesus Christ. In the Song of Isaiah, the prophet's words from God radically shifted from beautiful major chords to those minor chords, from visions of glorious light to the shadows of darkness, from hope to despair. You see, both ends of the spectrum are a reality in our lives as people of religious and spiritual faith. Sometimes we experience these minor chords of life, those challenging, melancholy, and occasionally painful experiences. When they come to us, and to us they do, they may be the natural and sometimes inevitable consequences that come from our choices, from how we choose to live our life, from the thoughts we entertain, the words we speak, and our chosen actions. Isaiah paints a beautiful picture of God as the owner of a lush vineyard. Now, this is no run-of-the-mill vineyard. It is a vineyard meticulously planned out and executed by God, a God who spared no extravagance. In his infinite love, he purchased a choice fertile hillside. He sweat and labored many hard long hours to till the land, unearthing every stone and carrying them away to build a protective wall around his vineyard. He built a watchtower in the middle of the hillside to keep an eye out for any marauders who might sneak in and decide to spoil the vines or maybe run away with the lush harvest of grapes once they had ripened. After the preparation of the soil was complete, God spared no expense to purchase the very choicest of vines, which he planted with great care. Here is how Isaiah words this scene. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. You see, everything was now set to ensure a bountiful harvest of the best, plumpest, juiciest, sweetest of grapes. God had done absolutely everything within his power to make sure his vineyard would be abundant, that it would thrive and prosper. But something went terribly wrong. This beautiful imagery suddenly turned ominous and dark. Something had shifted, causing God to radically alter his approach to his vineyard, to switch his tactics. God, you see, the faithful, compassionate grape farmer, made a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking decision 
to tear down his watchtower and the wall that guarded his vineyard, to expose the vine to corruption and decay. God says this through Isaiah. And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. So what was it that caused God to seemingly change from being a faithful, devoted grape farmer to someone willing to tear down all protection, to quit grooming and caring for his vines? The key is found in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 2. After God has established his lush vineyard, its fruit was finally ready to be harvested. In excitement, he went out to check on the grapes. We read what God found. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. God was stunned. Somehow, the yield was far from what God had expected. The crop turned out to produce wild grapes, wild grapes everywhere, wild grapes to the left, wild grapes to the right, wild grapes up and down every single row of his vineyard. The word in the Hebrew language for wild here is only found twice in all of scriptures, interestingly. Both times it is here in this passage. This is the only time wild grapes are mentioned. These grapes were bitter, stinking, and foul. Grapes that were not good for anything but to be thrown away. So how did this happen? Well, apparently, somehow, some corrupting seeds may have been carried by the wind over the wall and contaminated the landowner's pure vines, intermingling the bad with the good. Because these carefully cultivated vines had now grown wild, the landowner was left with no other choice but to give these vines over to the full extents of their wildness. Isaiah tells us this, I will make my vineyard a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. So, how does this horticultural story speak to you and me and to all of humanity in our relationship with God? The prophet Isaiah reveals the meaning of this imagery. He says, the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is Israel, Judah, the plant he cherished. You see, the vineyard represents God's people, the Jews, as well as all the nations of the world, Jesus used a vine imagery as well. He said elsewhere, I am the vine, you are the branches. Jesus identified himself as the pure, good, healthy, strong vine. And you and I are branches that have been grafted into Jesus, the vine. From Jesus Christ, the healthy vine, you would expect a healthy, strong, pure, good branch to grow, wouldn't you? But according to Isaiah, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes a good branch can, over time, become wild. Sometimes God's children can stray and develop wild characteristics. Unfortunately, we know all too well the stories of Christian churches gone wild. 
producing bitter grapes, scandalous stories of clergy abuse within the Christian vineyard. We have seen the wildness when power struggles and selfishness and control issues dominate a church. Something has gone amiss. Something has gone wild. The prophet Isaiah gives us a warning from God that unless God's children change and renounce their wildness, their errant ways, God just might remove the wall of protection and turn his wild children further over to their wild ways with the ultimate hope that they will eventually see the error of their ways and turn and be healed. The Apostle Paul spoke of this as well. He wrote to the church in Corinth and said this, I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. You should remove this man from your fellowship. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan, or in today's imagery, hand him over to his wildness, so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast. Or we might say today, get rid of that wild branches by removing the wicked person from among you. Weren't you looking for a nice uplifting message this morning? Well, Paul is warning us here that sin can spread like wildfire in an individual life, in a family, or in a church. Now, let me make this additional point absolutely clear, that none of us will ever be completely free in this life of any form of wildness. We will never reach perfection. We may react at times in very inappropriate ways. Yes, even your rector. Just ask my wife wherever she's, there she is, yeah. Although we may strive more and more to live in Christ's way of love, we will never do it perfectly. And yet, we find a warning here in Scripture from Paul and from Isaiah that we need to be alert to any yeast or wildness that may creep in. Isaiah tells us more about this wildness he confronted in his day. He saw it when God's people neglected to care for those who were outside the body of Christ, when injustice was allowed to flourish. Isaiah said this, The Lord expected a crop of justice, but instead he found oppression. Isaiah says further, What sorrow for you who buy up house after house and field after field until everyone is evicted and you alone are left in the land. You see, in those days, some of the Israelites were snatching up one property after another, one house next to another, one field abutting the very next field until there was none left to provide for those who were struggling on the fringes of society, those earning meager wages. This greed and callous disregard for others was wild grapes. God's people allowing injustices to flourish and not being willing to lift a finger to care for the marginalized and the poor. God, the faithful and loving vine grower, 
has done everything possible to make sure that you and I will prosper and flourish in every good way. But sometimes one form or another of wildness will creep its way into our lives. It comes when we are not living in Christ's way of love. It shows up in unloving attitudes and behaviors. It shows up when we shut our ears and eyes to the injustices around us. When this happens, may we turn again to Christ. May we remain firmly grafted in Jesus Christ, the true vine. Amen. The questions, one, where do we find ourselves in this biblical scenario of strife? Two, describe the vineyard of God and what prompted God to tear it down. And three, what about us has gone wild? Wild.